This is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're gonna get. This is your host, I am C. And this week, we are lucky enough to have an interview with best-selling fantasy offer, Tamara Offer. Yeah, there we go. I'm good. I'm doing really well. <laughs> right after, I'm out of practice. Mm-hmm. Best-selling fantasy author, Tamara Pierce. After that, stick around for our upcoming events and our question of the week. It's been a little while. It has. I've yeah. missed you guys. I know. We took a hiatus. But your, but your little... aim will improve. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but no. In the studio with me, as always, is the legend Billy DeTori. Hi. Man of legendary patience. Huh? He, he hangs out with us. <laughs> nah. You put up with me. Well, it's a little, it goes both ways then. Um, my favorite co host of all time, actually the only co host I've ever had, so I can't say. But, but uh, my, the darling Tanya. Hello, Tanya. Hi. How are you over there? Oh, yeah, ask me later. Yeah, I know. We've all been a little beat up lately, haven't we? Well, let's see. From <clears throat> last weekend. Or two weekends ago, something like that, my um, refrigerator wasn't cold on right. the top, so I had to thaw out the entire thing, so uh-huh. we lost some food. Then um, the AC had broken the week before. Uh-huh. Uh, then your washing machine. Then my washing machine, okay. just on Thursday, there was water all over the floor. And then just yesterday, my debit card was hacked, so yeah, I'm in so the process of trying to get back the $115 that was so taken got, from me. You got a little so, beat up. Yeah, so, but... The positive note, I am getting a new bed this week. So. There you go. Yeah. And, and pay no attention to the $115 worth of comic books sitting next to me. <laughs> oh! Are you Luann Evans in Portland, Oregon? Well, let me check my various IDs. <laughs> that, that was the thing. So, so, And I actually looked up that name, and it was somebody that I think their identity might have been snagged and yeah, stolen so and chain, things like that. Because kind of I did find that person and saw her on um line but uh, i don't know i mean i was in erie pa yesterday yeah for where for what was it Ear, the comic-con erie oh Com- erie con erie con something like that erie con um they yeah. had uh Jason. it was very eerie mm. um graham Ooh. nolan was down there graham nolan was there and i ran into squirrel Oh, nice. I love our I, I did. A, I asked, Alana's <laughs> in there. I asked her for a special <laughs> hairpiece commission that's got BB-8 on it. Okay. I said, nice. R2-D2. She goes, I can't do that. I'm like, darn it. So I have my Supernatural one. Now I need a Star Wars one. The Millennium okay. Falcon I just thought was too big for me. So I see. I, I'm a BB-8 person. So. so, See, we both now have uh, Supernatural hair clips. We'll have to yes. wear them and be twinsies. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so cute. We are. And that subtle, uh, that gentle little lilting voice, <laughs> our producer Sherry is in the house today. Hello. Hello, Sherry. Well, hello, <laughs> No, Sher- please stop. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Please> stop. <laughs> it's just one of those Don't. things. That, that's not the right one. Oh, I know. Sherry. That's the one. Sherry. <laughs> no. Sherry, baby, Sherry. I can't grab part of me tightly enough to get that note. <laughs> I, I saw Jersey Boys last year yeah. at the auditorium. I love it. Mm. So. Well, you know, classics. when everyone sings it to you, that yeah, yeah it kind of gets old fast. So you lost your washing machine. Um, the water is leaking through the bottom of the tub. I she, re- she didn't lose it. She knows where it well, is. It, is. it hasn't gone very far. <laughs> it didn't far. wander off. It's not working. <laughs> we had to replace our dryer this week. My washer's less than five years old. No, ours was about twenty years old. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> it was time, but yeah. it just still didn't make me happy. I was gonna say our first one was about seventeen years, and then we. Had to replace both. This is of them. not a good week. So, so Tanya has things sucks. breaking all now, over Chris, the place. Sherry, you've had, had some issues too she, this week. I'm, I'm gonna. I want to talk about Sherry running over a mailbox first. <laughs> did it jump out in front of you? It, it did. <laughs> it seriously did. No. I'm, that um, thing was suicidal. It, it was. Jumped. It was a very steep driveway, and there was a car parked across the street, directly across. So I tried to take it, so I didn't hit the car across the street. And uh, you know my vehicle; it's big. Yeah. Is that the the Ford Escape? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't see it. All of a sudden I hear crunch. No. Whoops. It was was not good. It was not not good. But we went and replaced it yesterday, and he was very happy that we replaced it. So that was our good deed. See, take responsibility for your mistakes, and you you fix Mm -hmm. them. That's it. And it doesn't get turned into your insurance company that way. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Sybil. Hi. Sybil's in the house. (laughs) The other cute little hi. Hi. (laughs) We've missed you. And we're so happy that you're in the studio today. Tell me you've had a good week. I've had a good week. That's good. You're well, not no, lying to me, actually, are you? Actually, no. We had a bad week. <laughs> oh! <Uh-oh. laughs> 
<laughs> we had we've had crazy storms down in Pittsburgh recently. Yeah, have you guys been flooded? And, oh, immensely flooded. Deanna like, said something about the fountain had like water. Every single rainstorm has flooded us since February. Now the house you're living like. in is that taking any damage or is it up you know above the the? Nonsense? We're high enough that we're not taking any damage. Okay. And how's dad? Dad's good. Dad's They're good. They're high enough. There's no damage. But okay. My job is um, underwater. How's the, the mini? The job itself is not underwater, but the, the, mi- the telephone lines are underwater. Oops. We had no telephones Monday through Thursday of this past week. That's Sometimes a good that's day not at work a bad thing. But I dream of those days. But if your whole job relies on the phone yeah. and you're kind of sitting there feeling useless, it's kind of. And. You still have to make phone calls for people, mm. so you start using your personal cell phone to make business calls. And Been now there. all these clients have my personal cell phone number. Yeah, I hate that because there's a there's couple of landlords out there who have mine now. There's a trick. The Star 86 doesn't work on my phone. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Please, I used to have that, like when I would program in numbers that for people I didn't want to have my number, that was programmed into my phone ahead of the number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have to leave messages to have them call me back because I actually uh, did have to talk to these guys. Yes. And a lot of people don't answer numbers they don't know. Oh, or... say, isn't that where you get like one of those prepaid phones for the week? I just didn't feel like going out and doing it, and I oh. had to do it that day on Monday because we're hoping the phones will be back up on Monday. <laughs> and then, no, we were told, okay, tomorrow. No. And then we came in tomorrow. No, it's Wednesday. Like the power coming back. It's like rg and when whatever happens up here, then we never know what the power when, comes When you back. see the old woman named Ethel with the can and the string <laughs> standing outside the office, then you know... Yeah. You know, we've, well, we've gotten somewhere we don't want to be. When the Verizon phone guys come, remove the manhole cover, look down the manhole, swear a lot, cover <laughs> it up, and then drive away, <laughs> you kind of know it's, it's going to be a bad day. There's a sign. That's a sign. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my week. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why I'm going to... Sh- Hi, Alana. Alana's in the production booth. She's waving and having a giggle at, at the moment. Hi, sweetheart. We miss you. We're so happy to see you. All right. mm-hmm. <laughs> he can hear her giggle. Can hear giggle through the glass. She that has banished awesome. herself because she's she, going to yeah, fan Because she's a big so. Tamara Pierce fan. She really is. So when we do the interview in a little in in very short order, she's just going to be like, you know, squealing. Yes. yes. <laughs> she's in there fanning herself. She's fanning herself right now. <laughs> yes. Well, Billy, you're going to have to get rid of those comic books because that hundred and fifteen dollars is coming back to me right now. <gasps> Yay! Okay. Resolution. It's yes. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Good. Thank God for the chat function on ESL. I'm telling <laughs> you, awesome. that's a beautiful thing. A shameless plug for ESNL. There you go. My sister I, works for them. Maybe I, maybe you're talking to my sister right now. There you Is go. Your sister's name Melissa. No. Okay. okay. Then, no. Well, that was a lucky shot though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's not in indie either. No. This is in the fraud and security place, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, my car broke twice. My toe broke once. Uh, I lost a marble. No, tooth. Same thing. <laughs> you lost your it's marbles a long time ago. It's still something in your head that you yeah, lost. Yeah, something in my head that I lost. <laughs> long time ago, I'm those 40 marbles. goddamn eight. I shouldn't be losing teeth. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, you, but, you lose them when you're younger, and then you get a whole new set. Yeah, well, you're this, not supposed this, to lose the this one decided. Set. This one decided to make an early break for it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> late break for it? Late break for it. Uh, you know, that's it. And you it. have to go back to the, what, the dentist tomorrow? I have now? to go back to the dentist tomorrow to make sure there's no damage to the one next to it. I'm lucky it's one of the back ones. So, like, when I smile, there's no, like, you can't I, see I don't, it. I don't no look like a redneck. Hole in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ah. not. I, my my apolo- no, ah, okay. <laughs> my apologies to rednecks out there for that comment. But still, you guys don't have any teeth. I'm just going to be honest right now. Um, and we'll be talking about rednecks next week, actually, aren't we? Because rednecks save the world. Yes. Ooh, one of them is a really hot looking redneck. <laughs> <laughs> He's so young looking. Babies. Okay. Let's. Right, yeah, anyway. they are babies. So yeah. So we, really I, we all we all had kind of we all got a little beat up this week, but you know what? We're back on the air. We're having a good time, and I'm with the they people. They missed us. They, you guys must have missed us. They really missed us. I'm hoping yeah. you missed. I us. think we missed everyone. Yes. Here. <laughs> really, I didn't. I didn't see this point. I I did. I missed. I missed being in the studio, hanging out with all y'all. Yep. So especially you. Little sis. <laughs> That's okay. Billy and I had talked on that Saturday for your gathering that we mm-hmm. could really just come into the studio the next day while the boss is away. We're going to just do whatever we <laughs> I, want. I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> I'm but like, I can still come in. You no, know, it's funny because in early September, I'm like, are we still going to do the, the, the yearly break at, at 
um, Labor Day weekend. weekend. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm like, okay, so when I posted it, oh, just a reminder, break. And Chris was like, oh, thanks. I totally forgot. And, and <laughs> like, Billy and I your are, idea. Billy and I are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> break. <laughs> yeah. We're like, huh, we might as well just go into the studio and play. We didn't, but we actually took that break I had to come and do a radio show, but I should have <laughs> just turned on the microphones. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that session was September 2nd. That was my birthday. And I was so happy to have that morning off because... Your character didn't die that afternoon. My character didn't die that afternoon either. So that and you got really a well. birthday level that was granted to everybody. On That's the how table. generous I am. I shared my birthday <laughs> level with the entire party. Well, considering one of the other people was going to have the birthday level the next day. Yeah, that's too. So. All right, so we got to get to work. We've babbled on enough. It's time. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to read from Sherry's script. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara Pierce is a prolific author of fantasy books, most of which feature young women as protagonists, and many of which are set in her fictional land of Tortal. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yep. Good. Since the early 80s, she has been writing fun, sweeping, inclusive young adult fantasy, and in the process has become a legend herself. She basically invented the kick-ass heroine of Ya books, YA? Young, young, oh, y, uh, young adult books, okay. And paved the way for Hermione, Katniss, and the rest. Ms. Pierce, welcome to the show, and we're so happy to have you with us today. Thanks, I'm glad to be here. Uh, now, I will warn you right now, we're going to be making many references to producer Sherry's daughter, Ilana, who is in the production studio at the moment, and she has been an avid fan of yours since the word go, uh, since she was old enough to read your books, and she is currently, she's dancing right now, <laughs> uh, because she's so happy to hear from you today. Hey, hey, hey Ilana. <laughs> okay, you just made her entire day. <laughs> Possibly her year. Somebody get that girl a paper bag. Um but anyway, like like I was saying when we were talking before we started recording, um, I just want to get to know how how does the process start? When did, when did you start writing, and what was your first idea? Well, it, I had done like uh, I won a uh, I won a prize for a Christmas contest for what Christmas means to me for the local paper oh, wow. when I was in fourth grade, um, but really my fiction course started when my dad caught me telling stories to myself as I did dishes. Uh-huh. And instead of saying, Tammy, people will think you're nuts if you talk to yourself, he said I should write a book. And I didn't know it was supposed to be difficult, for which I thanked him mm-hmm. many years later. <laughs> um so I just asked him what I should write about, and we shared a lot of books. He introduced me to Robin Hood and Edgar Rice Burroughs and King Arthur and books like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knew what I liked. So he thought about it for a minute, and he said, mm, how about tra- time travel? Travel's in a time machine. Ooh. And... <laughs> And um, little geek that I was, <laughs> I thought about it for a moment, and I thought, what if I pretended I was back in time with the Trojan War? Okay. And the thing that really made it stick, the thing that told me more than anything else, without my dad having to say a word, that this meant a whole lot to him. He said I could use his typewriter. Ooh, all right. After that moment, if I had touched that typewriter, I would be missing a finger. <laughs> <laughs> he did his union newsletter on the typewriter. Uh-huh. It was death for us kids to touch it. I see. So I knew it was a big deal. So I sat down and I started pecking away. Mm-hmm. And really, I don't type with that many more fingers now. But I'm really fast. (laughs) And I ran out of idea eventually. Mm -hmm. No one ever tells you, but you're going to be running out of ideas and having to move on to something else 
more when you're starting out than finishing things. Mm -hmm. But I had plenty more ideas piled up. And I was in sixth grade then. In seventh grade, my homeroom teacher handed me this book called The Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. It's a a small little book. Yeah. This guy named Tolkien wrote it. Yeah, I think I've heard of him before. Obscure author. Yeah. He's a very obscure a lot author. Of have. Yeah. <laughs> and I read it in one night, and after that, I was off to the races. Oop, oop. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, you read, it, hold on, you read hold on. Fellowship of the Ring in one night. Yeah. I, well, I'm a quick reader. You are my new hero. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. And wow. wow. I, you live I in Alaska where nights are like. <laughs> And then to Robert Howard uh-huh. and Robert Michael Moorcock. And I just loved, fell in love with fantasy, Jane Gaskell. And then a year or so later, I found science fiction. Mm-hmm. And on and on I went. And my only objection to those books, and it was a jet, an objection I had to most literature mm-hmm. and that day, was the girls... When they got to do something, eventually they stopped. Mm-hmm. Caddy Woodlawn, her dad says at the end, uh, what do you say we slow down and try something else? Mm-hmm. And go inside, and the Witch of Blackbird Pond, she sailed for half a year, but half a year she spent in the house and gardening and so sewing and doing all those things, and um, it just seemed. And then <clears throat> Ewan gives up her sword at the end of the third um, Middle Earth book, and I didn't see why she had to because Baramir didn't. Mm-hmm. And then the other women. I ran into in the books, um, mostly less of Fern yelled at people. Mm-hmm. She did get to ride her dragon now and then. Yeah, once and, in a while. Um, but until I read the Harper Hall books... Oh, I love those. The women just seemed to... They, they did have the women who rode the green dragons mm-hmm. into battle, so that was something. But Jarell of Joyry once asked her men-at-arms... Why they cowered in the corner like so many women, which was the big bad for me. And then when I finally found Robert Howard's Red Sonia, she was in the comics in a chainmail right. bikini. <laughs> yeah, the chainmail, the, the very practical chainmail. Yes. Well, I can. <laughs> he uh, says one thing I ask when I'm doing talks is speaking for the women mm-hmm. and girls here in the audience. I'll bet you a lot of you have run into the time when you've been out swimming and you came out of the water and you decided to take a nap, maybe under a shady tree. And when you woke up, you discovered the big disadvantage for someone in a bathing suit or a two-piece who's been asleep in the shade in a wet top. Hmm. And all of them just cringe <laughs> and their arms over their chest. As a matter of fact, the three women on the panel right now are just kind of like they're looking around going and nodding with that <laughs> chagrin look on their face. Like, yeah, there, there's, there's like a lot of commiserating. I do piece so. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's Red Sonia in a chain mail bikini, sleeping out in the wilderness uh-huh. in nope. the winter. Nope. Yeah, because that yeah. makes sense. Perfect sense. So sure. I started to write what I wanted to read. I wrote girls who kicked butt, mm-hmm. who had swords and armor, and didn't sleep in wet places in a chain mail bikini. Yeah. Or, and they wore lots of padding in the wintertime, mm-hmm. even if their friends did laugh at them, because they got cold. Mm-hmm. So that was what got me started. And it wasn't until Anne McCaffrey because I didn't read Marion Zimmer Bradley mm-hmm. until years later, but I did find McCaffrey. And then um, Robin McKinley came out a couple years before me, and about that time, Barbara Hambly 
and then Elizabeth Moon started publishing, and that was the early 80s, and that's when I started publishing. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's it's been a total of uh, 31? 31 books now have been oh, published? Oh, we don't. Oh, books. Okay. I thought you were going to say years. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, 30, 31 books in two years. Yes, you've been very prolific. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, I, I forget. I forget how many books it's I, I I know in the past 30 years, I think I've written about a quarter of a book. <laughs> so. Well, you know, practice. Exactly. Practice, and the more you do, the better you get, so the more you do. Gotcha. Now, one of the things, and, and um, <clears throat> Sherry and I have been talking about your, your work quite often in the run-up to this particular uh, taping, is, is world creation is a very strong in your books. Now, how, I want to know, how do you go about the idea of, of creating these worlds? And, and did you have a world fleshed out right from the beginning, or, or did you discover it kind of book by book along the way for your fans as, as, as you started kind of developing these stories? Well, at first, I did do it uh, bit by bit. I started with the castle at uh, Alana's home mm-hmm. in Trebond and wrote my way down to the capital. And then I realized I was starting to get lost. And so I always admit um, I'm not good at making stuff up. <laughs> 31 and books of lots fiction. Lots of times <laughs> that happens mm-hmm. where people crack up. But it's true. I feel if I make something up, it's just a brick hanging in midair, hmm. and it's going to drop. And also, if I come back to it, there's nothing that I can go to. By drawing from the real world and real life, I have a solid background I can depend on mm-hmm. and spread out to. And also, then I can go back when I need it again, and there will be more details there. So at the beginning, I knew I was borrowing heavily from medieval Europe and medieval England because of my Robin Hood background and my King Arthur background. Mm -hmm. So I built from that. And then when it came time to try something I needed to be more varied, um, I was sort of spurred on by a British critic who said that my background was so realistic that he didn't see why I have to do fantasy at all. Um, I remembered where I was getting all my uh, scenes and wildlife and everything from. And so I decided to go to another country with a different kind of wildlife and setting. And... Uh, at the time, I always had a big map in front of my desk where when I was working from whatever hot spot in the world I was thinking about. And at that point, what I had was a map of Southeast Asia as I was reading about the war in Vietnam. And I realized, looking at it, not only did I have a countryside and an environment, but if I took away the names of lesser-known places, like small towns, rivers, lakes, individual mountains. I had place names and last names for the people who lived there. And going even further, I realized I could also use customs, their food, their culture, Mm -hmm. everything I needed to build a separate... um, culture of people, events I could borrow from their history. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to fill in the whole culture of the Khmer people and the Saren people for the fourth Alana book. So using that, then I was able to go on and start building cultures. And when I got to doing the Circle of Magic World, I started everything from scratch, rather than building out from the Tortal universe, from Alana's home place. Mm -hmm. This time I had a map of the Middle East in front of me and Central Asia, and I built the whole world from that map, you know, 
deleting certain things, creating my countries, going, figuring out my where my different groups of races and people, because right there in the Middle East, you have a crossroads okay. of the world. Yeah, and I true. could deal with a trading group of trading societies and different races of, of people all mingled together. And so before I start each book, a couple years or so, I figure out what my, um, what my culture is going to be, and I start gathering and reading the books I'll need, the cookbooks I'll need, because a good cookbook will tell you way more <laughs> than just recipes. Yeah, it'll tell you the holidays. That's it'll brilliant. describe kitchens. Um, they're just the most amazing things. Mm-hmm. I've got this one tremendous Jewish cookbook that starts with the diaspora, and it shows all the different parts of the world where the Hebrew people went and gives the recipes of the foods that they cooked and the variations they resorted to when a particular ingredient was not available in that part of the world. Hmm. So that's how I build worlds. And then for characters, again, not good at making stuff up, found that out actually very early when I realized in sixth grade that my characters all looked and sounded alike. So I started basing them on people I knew. Because mm-hmm. I may never have seen my friend Alex meet a woman from ancient Crete whose dress was cut down to her belly button. <laughs> but I had a fairly good idea of how he'd react on meeting her. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> boys, you know. Thank you. Um, so I moved on when I started running out of people I knew. I moved on to TV actors and characters and uh-huh. movie actors and their characters, and on to um, people in magazines, um, when I got good enough, uh, professional poker players, (laughs) professional martial artists, and if I'm I'm rolling, I can base a person on a photo and the right name, Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of name. I have about 17 name books. Oh, wow. Well, because I, if I have to think of it on my own, I get stuck. <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine. I lo- wrote a lot of these before the Internet. Okay. So I have all kinds of name books. And if I'm desperate these days, I'll use the Internet, but it's more fun going through the books. And um, let's see, what else do I use? Uh, slang is something, if I'm using a different culture and a different language, I'll go into the language for a word mm-hmm. that's turned to slang a lot, and I will use, I'll try and twist it around. Everything I borrow from another language or religion or uh, people, I will usually adapt and not go straight from that because I don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm really leery of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have someone get upset because <coughs> I borrowed from their culture and they feel I've used it carelessly or offensively. Hmm. Um, I kind of, I always say at schools and cons, I lived by the words of the great wizard Lionel Trilling. The immature artist imitates. The mature artist steals. <laughs> but you, words, you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Word words for the creative person to live by. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and your your books are are very renowned for for their inclusivity and for reaching out and crossing borders and and making sure that. Uh, that 
no one group is ever really kind of pointed at and, and you know excluded from. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that that sensitivity is is what has borne those things from happening, or maybe it's it's something to kind of feed back on itself. You just see it as a, as a natural way of, of opening your books to everybody. Well, I try. I try because I don't like it when people are trash-talked. I don't like... Mm-hmm. I've, I've hung out with so many different people, and I've heard and read and listened to the way so many people are treated, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's why the world is in such a mess. Yeah. So I try to present a different point of view. I, now, has that ever been a, a conscious decision, or has it just been more organic because that's just how you see, that's how you want to see the world? So you're kind of, you're, you're putting your, I don't know how I want to form this question, you're kind of espousing how you want to see our world, our, the real world around us, through, through the books that you've written? Um, some parts of it, that's how I always thought the world should be. Mm-hmm. Like when I wrote The Bajir, I felt that trashing <coughs> Arabic and Muslim people was ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, because the largest percentage of those people are just people. They're not enemies, they're not out to destroy the world, they're just out to live their lives, and they have this rich tradition, and I hate what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine. As far as L- LGBTQ mm-hmm. people, I needed nudging from fans because I was afraid to try and screw up. Mm-hmm. But I got kicked enough times that I, I said, okay, there were people I knew in the books were gay or lesbian. And I figured, okay, um, here we go. Mm. Because I did, I really didn't want my ass kicked. <laughs> I can imagine. But, you know, sometimes you just got to clench your hands and jump. And so far I've been lucky. I also have a lot of advisors, people I can ask. Mm-hmm. And as I, as people notice more and more, they come to me and say, okay, I liked what you did here, but you could do more of this. So it's nice to have help. And it kind of helps you push to, to be a better writer. You're getting that input yeah. in, in real time with these folks who are seeing it and then helping and putting their two cents in. Um, yeah. I have a, a list here, Sherry. Where did you the the seven the seven reasons? Did you did you compile that? Um, no, that's actually something I found online. Okay, seven reasons why, and this is going to be addressed more to our listeners. Uh, seven reasons why you should be a Tamara Pierce fan now and forever. <laughs> so I wanted to share this. I don't know if you've ever heard this list, Miss Pierce, but we're gonna we're gonna share it with you today, just so you can hear it. Uh, she is the the OG creator of Kickass Heroines and Fantasy. Uh, Tamara Pierce's first book, Alana, The First Adventure, was published back in 1983, set in a time and place where girls are forbidden from becoming knights. The, this quartet deals uh, details Alana's training. She hides her real gender. Alana has influenced a generation of readers and writers ever since. One reader in particular, she's doing a little dance in the production studio right now. She's <laughs> thrilled. And her name is, by the way, Alana, spelled differently than your your main character, but yeah. but the the same name. So it's we you know, and she's already. I'm always tickled to learn about kids that are named after the character. <laughs> now, point number two: Who needs Earth when you have Tortal? Uh, before there were the seven kingdoms of Westeros, there was Tortal, the medi- medieval fantasy universe where most of Tamara Pierce's books take place. If you like I'd sprawling, live in Tortal. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm hearing that. Uh, if you like sprawling castles, ancient magic, brave characters, vibrant cultures, and the timeless fight of good versus evil, Tortal is the place for you. Uh, point number three. There are endless books for you to pierce your bookshelf with. Uh. <laughs> I, you, I, I'm, 
We're not above a pun in this in this podcast. <laughs> no. We are not Stop above it. Stop being so punny. I'm sorry. I, I was. I'm reading a script. Come on, it's not my fault. Anyway, Tamara Pierce has written a lot of books. Twenty set in Tortal and eleven set in the Circle of Magic universe. So plenty of materials to read. Um, point number four: She knows how to write an unforgettable love story. Uh, we don't want to give you any spoilers, but let's just say that Dane and Numare have been giving readers relationship goals since the 1990s. Now, just because of that quote alone, I want to read this now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because in, in this job as, you know, being a comic book uh, convention director and a podcast host and things like that, I have been subjected to some stuff that I would like to say, you know, a, a different descriptor for. Um, I'm just going to say Twilight and cringe <laughs> and move on. So, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I was going to take pictures of the furries yesterday for you. Oh, please don't. <laughs> please oh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of funny you bring that up because point number five is animals. Oh, the animals. Tamara Pierce is a proud yeah. animal lover, and for that we love her even more. Animals play almost as big a role in her books as the characters do. Tamara, do you have uh, a, a quantity of pets that are close by? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's see, Mr. Peebles, Peabody, and Marbles uh-huh. are curled up asleep, and there are eight more, well, eight more cats and wow. two parakeets, uh, Pete and Cactus Jack, uh-huh. in their sky-high eerie, where they are safe from cats. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, we uh. are very well catted here, not to mention the strays and ferals that we feed mm-hmm. trap and rescue when we can tanya is constantly sending me videos of puppies and then they're like you, i want yeah. all the puppers you need those puppy I videos every so often i do i love dogs we, came, we moved to syracuse and in the hopes of having at least one dog but then we discovered the cats and one of them we used to be five now we're down to one but one and the only outdoor one mm-hmm. is death on dogs. Oh, boy. She's this little thing, <laughs> but she doesn't care. She, she is. Will go, she will go after Rottweiler. So oh, wow. No dogs. That's a brave little kitten right there. Oh, no, she's not brave. She's mean. <laughs> <laughs> she loves people. She has a fan club. That's she th- lays out on the sidewalk and lets people come and pet her. That's amazing. Her name is Sluggo. Sluggo the cat. <laughs> the female the cat. cat. Yep. That's the quote of the day right there. She's not brave. She's mean. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Point number six. She's the queen of young adult fantasy. Tamara right. Pierce has been writing for over 35 years. She is a, as relevant today as she was in the 80s, which is just pretty epic if you ask us. That's one of the good things about fantasy. You mm-hmm. can do that. It's, it doesn't date. Yeah. You can, they, those stories mostly are timeless. Because they yeah. can fit in anywhere. And yeah. then point number seven, she is the, what, what is this, OTL? One true love. One true love of readers and authors alike. So many best-selling and beloved authors have cited Tamara Pierce as an inspiration. And here are just a few. I don't know if you've ever heard of these before. Um, Tamara Pierce's books shaped me not only as a young writer, but also as a young woman. And that was by Sarah Moss, the author of yeah. the Throne of Glass series. Yeah. And all of these years later, I still draw strength from her world's. Uh, Marie Lu, author of the yeah. Young Elites series. There's just a, a litany of, of people you have influenced and people who love your work. And I'm looking forward to becoming one of them very short order. Me too. Um, Sybil, I've, I think, already ordered books. Yes, Sybil I has did. ordered books. I ordered several. I don't know where they are in the series. I'm just like, I'll pick these ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm going to have to start with Alana. Is there, yeah, you start from scratch. You start with the first adventure, I, I would assume, and work your way through I the I actually the list. didn't start with the Alana books. I mm-hmm. started with the Protector of the Small series. Okay. Yeah. Those were my first. Yeah. That's the That's wonderful Ben. Cal. Go ahead. Yep, Cal's awesome. Mm-hmm. Sort of unflappable, just, you know, Neil, her friend Neil is going, you don't have any imagination. You're not into romance. Splendor. And then she says, it sounds very tiring. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Alana's dying I in there. Neil... Kel is based on a fan of mine, and Neil is based on Christian Slater. Oh, okay. 
That's awesome. I'm never going to be able to read the book the same again. Yeah, now you're going to see you're going to see these faces. Yeah. I've done that as a writer myself when I'm creating a character. I have an actor or or a personality yeah. in mind, so I have that person's voice in my head while yeah. I'm trying to write them. That's for my yeah. Dungeons and Dragons characters. Yes, that that happens yeah. too. Yeah, I pull from books and TV shows and movies and I think one like of the great benefits of of being the host of this podcast is that I'm exposed to authors and artists and creators that I normally have have only heard of or have not really had a chance to to get to know so I get these these opportunities to meet these people and I'm and it gives me an opportunity to, to explore their worlds and their imaginations and it's it's it and to add to your pile of oh, books. Oh, makes that's my growing. pile of books that much taller, and I'm happy about oh, yeah. that. Having a tall pile of books is actually as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. Oh, yep. Yeah. You know, so that's a beautiful thing. And I have a new house which with a reading area. I have actually set aside a corner of, of a room that has a reading area, and that's a first for me in a long time. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. about that. That's the English major in you. It is. It really is. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your time today. I know Sherry has been looking forward to this one for a while. Sherry, do you have any closing questions that you wanted to ask? Um, no, I actually I just wanted to just say that um, I've been a huge fan for many years, and um, this has just been an absolute thrill and honor to be able to talk to you today. Well, thank you so much. I'm working on the second harem book mm-hmm. uh, where things get a whole, much, whole lot riskier Ooh. at the university. Um, and I have that and the third one, and then I'm working on an idea for something that will take us back to the years right after King Jonathan and Queen Thyat were crowned. Nice. Very nice. Now, you just had a book come out in February, am I correct? Yep, that was Tempest and Slaughter. Okay. That's about Aram, who becomes new mayor, Mm -hmm. the great magician, the great wizard, um, in his university years, he starts when he's about seven. Oh. Well, they could get back home. Mm-hmm. He went through all the classes that he could. He was that bright. Mm-hmm. And they said, we can't teach him anymore. You're going to have to send him to Carthag. Oh, wow. Okay, so that begins the... And is he essentially, if you pardon me for saying so because I have a lack of experience with this, but is he, in essence, the Merlin of your, your universe in that one? Exactly, Merlin. He's more like the young Arthur okay. with magic. Gotcha. And it opens with his magic doing what it usually does, which is get away from him. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, this is another of my cats chipping in. This is Scooter. Oh. <laughs> just meowed in the. I think we did catch him in that one. So. Yes. Another another country heard from, as my grandfather used to say. Yes. <laughs> so this is where he meets his two new friends, mm-hmm. uh, a young man named Ozorn and a young woman named Furries, who become his closest friends ever as he starts to learn, try to learn to get his magic under control. Gotcha. And that's, that's the Tempest. Tempest oh. and Slaughter. <laughs> There's a lot of both in the book. Okay. I am looking forward to it. That is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much for your time today, and, and I really appreciate it, and, and I wish you the best, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, plunging into to the worlds that you've created. Thank you. Have fun. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and so on behalf of Sherry and Tanya and Billy and Sybil and, and obviously Alana, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, and, and we look forward to, uh, to hearing from you in the future. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Alana. She's waving by (laughs) and dancing. That's great. And so we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll wrap a few things up. I thought it was great about filing bankruptcy and having terrible credit. Like, I no longer worry about identity theft. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? My social security number... My mom's maiden name. <laughs> if you can open up an account with that crap, good luck. <laughs> like two weeks after I filed bankruptcy, some guy stole my identity, and he actually tried to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, F- you, dude, that's you now. <laughs> Finders keepers. Maybe you can open up a prepaid credit card. 
You could help reestablish our credit. <laughs> Comedian Gene Pompa, a little sump for time. Nice. <laughs> a dedicated, dedicated. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. love it. I got my $115 back. That's I, good. I believe. That's all that matters. Oh, yeah. no, I'll check. All right, so we're back. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we're a little discombobulated hello. today after we had that wonderful interview, and then yeah. we're just like, oh, we're having issues today. It must be just the end of the week that it's we've had. It's a combobulation had. thing. I don't know. So, so we have an event coming up. We do we have do. an event coming up. The Flower City Mini Con. Exhibitors, vendors, and artists. Tables for the weekend are only $75. Contact Brian at fc3roc.org if you're interested. It is going to be October 27th and 28th at the Grease Ridge Center Mall. We're going to have something going on pretty much during mall hours. Uh, we will have one of our shenanigators, yes. our, our buddy Michael Kosky from The Walking in. Dead and, and the originals. He's, he's up for anything. Yeah, that we're basically going to be cutting him loose on the Grease Ridge Center Mall and then seeing what happens. Um, there will be an animal race okay. sometime during that weekend. So Those, the, the scooter things? The scooter things that nice. the Power Rangers chased each other last year. Nice. Michael is up for that. I, I know that um, Nightmare Manor, Michael will be there on yep. that Thursday right. to come out and get your tickets and he'll be willing to walk through with you guys, to take selfies with you guys in front of Nightmare Manor, that uh-huh. type of thing. So he's ready. There's going to be a lot going on. A lot. Big, Cause big fun that Because when we're involved, it yes. gets weird. I saw him yesterday, <laughs> and he's geared up for nice. some shenanigans. Awesome. See, he, he and Greg need some shenanigans yes. in their lives. Have we heard from Greg lately? I know um, he's he's Michael, right in the path of the of hurricane. hurricane. Michael talked to him yesterday. He was safe. It was just like it was more hype than it actually turned out to be for him. Uh, he's, it's all right. And, There's nothing wrong with that. It's definitely mm-hmm. all right. Um, but, so he's not in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> No. Which is getting slammed. It might be getting slammed today, but it wasn't, or whatever, but it did not get slammed before he would have had to leave for Erie Con, Mm -hmm. but um, he just couldn't get out because of the airlines, the airports were closed and things like that, so he wouldn't have been able to fly up to Erie Con, so they really missed him up there. Well, that's cool. I'm glad he's okay then. That's all that matters to me. So, hey, you, listener, yes, you, yes, point to yourself, Mm -hmm. look in the mirror, yeah, I'm talking to you. Okay. Do you want to be a part of FC3 Monkey Business and the Mighty Monkey Corporation? There I already are, am. Yeah, I know. I was going to say. <laughs> they already are. They're Billy listening to Billy already is. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there are a few ways of doing that other than being Billy DeTori. The first is become a sponsor. Woo-hoo! We have sponsorship levels of all kinds, and we're even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. Please contact us, please contact us at sponsorships. Oh, my God. I am all discombobulated at this point. Sponsorships at fc3roc.org. Actually, right now it would be easier being Billy DeTore. Yes, <laughs> it really would be at this point. He's just sitting there not talking. Yeah. The next way of joining in is by supporting us on Patreon. Please check us out at www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. All membership levels will include access to the Patreon-only blog, plus tons of great perks at all levels. Shout-outs to a couple of our amazing patrons, Jen Bevan and James Irish. Thank you guys for supporting us as always. And yes, James, we're going to be talking about trivia nights pretty soon because you the man. All right. You want- He's also going to be very excited about this interview. He's a huge fan. Oh, is he a, f- a Tamara Price Peter, fan? Oh, Tamar so he's going to be yeah. been loving this one. Good yeah. deal. All right. So, James, this one was for you, buddy. Uh, want to help others find the show? Please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podbean, YouTube, and Stitcher. Is there a place that you find your podcast and you can't find FC3 Monkey Business? Please let us know, and we'll jump on that for you. And follow us on Twitter at... FC3MB podcast. If you do, say hi. We love hi. it when you say hi. You know, just like that. Do it again. Do hi. It again. Hi, that one. Right, there we go. See, so you can say hi like that. So that's all the business at hand. The only thing left to do is the question of the week. And Billy. Yes. I'm going to ask you first. Okay. What fandom or subject have you introduced someone to that they ended up becoming equally or more passionate about. Hmm. I would have to say my wife, who didn't 
follow nerd stuff at all. Mm-hmm. When she she had her own like sort of obsessions and things. Right. So she was a geek, just but, not about the same stuff. Exactly. But now she loves her Marvel movies Love and it. and I Zombies, one of her favorite shows. Nice. Just like me, and especially and this isn't necessarily nerddom, uh-huh. but I'm a huge New York Mets baseball fan, and right. now she's pretty much equal to me. Very so, cool. She didn't know baseball at all when uh-huh. she first moved here. She would read while I was watching games, and then she started peeking up and asking questions, and now she has me DVRing the games. There you go. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm very sorry. Our two teams played last night. I was watching it on ESPN. Uh-huh. and, and, and we, we You're kinda, a Red Sox fan. Yeah. We kinda, you won yesterday. We, we beat you up the other day. I, you guys will get back. You and guys have got a good team Friday night, uh, the Mets won 8 nothing. I know. So. So it's, it's Today's back the rubber game. It's the rubber match Except tonight. The, the Red Sox are one of the best teams in baseball. I and love it when Mets somebody are, says that sentence. I really and do. The Mets, <laughs> oh, they're the, the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the Mets are not so good. And today they're basically playing for nothing because the Red Sox are still going to be in first place and the Mets are still going to stink no matter what <laughs> happens today. You know, but that's when the Mets are dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is when, you know, I've noticed that the Mets, when they have really have, when they have nothing to lose, they're more relaxed, and they just pound the hell out of somebody. I've, I've seen that happen. And our ace pitcher, Jacob deGrom, is starting today. So. And, and I'll let you know that I'm very pleased that Bill Buckner's retired. Yes. When they're playing the Mets, it just always makes me nervous. And anyway. It's funny. They, they showed that uh, that uh, famous play mm-hmm. yesterday, didn't they? Oh, I'm sure. Anytime the Mets and the Red Sox are even in the same time zone, somebody's going to play but that th- clip. They showed that uh, the ball going between Buckner's legs, mm-hmm. and then the next play had the ball going between the Mets' first baseman's legs. <laughs> So it's all fair play. Exactly. All fair play. So Mets. There you go. Tanya. Yes. Is there a fandom that you have introduced someone to that they ended up becoming equally passionate about? You know, I, I thank you to Sherry for sending me this question earlier this week so I could think about it. And I still have no answer. <laughs> I've been I've been racking my really? brain. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I first read it is what fandom have I been introduced to by somebody that I become equally passionate about? That's how I first read the question. Yeah, see, that would be the my answer for today. So you have to skirt around that. At yeah, this point. yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't like. I can say that um, Riker's like been jumping on the bandwagon with like Star Wars stuff and. Um, like he'll say, "Oh, are we gonna rewatch Infinity War, or are we mm-hmm. gonna do this?" And he's only catching bits and pieces of it because he has the attention span of a gnat. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if I truly have something that you've introduced. That somebody I've introduced to. somebody to I think what you've done with your kids is definitely. Yeah, I mean, I granted, I'm like between Randy and I, we've introduced Tyler to D and D, and he's really gotten into it a little bit more. He's even he's getting better. He's getting better. It's yeah. like um, two couple Saturdays ago when we were gaming with um, Mark and Sean, um, our other friends. Tyler's the one that was kind of playing the Evan character to kind of rush us into the next one. But like, uh-huh. but we're back here lurking at something, and Tyler's like, "I'm gonna go open this next door. I, yeah. I don't know when they're gonna come get me." So I. I Probably would say that because now he's playing a couple times a week, and he was first like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to play. Now he's in. Now he's looking forward to game day. Yes, nice. And I'm looking forward to game day when he's playing because then I know he's taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> he's clean. Hey Sybil, how about you? Is there something that you've introduced somebody to that they have now become uber fan of? Well, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, my my boyfriend, I was bored and I started rewatching Criminal Minds while he was Woo-hoo! out walking the dog. Mm-hmm. And when I, that was last weekend. Mm-hmm. I came up this weekend and he's already in season four. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> nice. So he has binged that show like crazy. Nice. All nice. I'm rewatching that too. Yeah. And he absolutely loves it. He was, we were actually talking about it and discussing it and the, the characters and what happens to them and everything. So it's not just binge it to binge it. And he's actually interested in the show, which I think is pretty cool. So I like you have it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cher? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will get to no, you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she thinks it's influencing you? Oh, it's, okay, I'm going to start this with one of my favorite Terry Paratchik quotes. Okay. And it says, getting an education was a bit like a communicable sexual disease. <laughs> it makes you unsuitable for a lot of jobs, and then you have the urge to pass it on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, you broke me today. I'm done. 
Why did you look at me when you wanted to pass it on? They were C's. Because you're a teacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was this was this was a quote about <laughs> a governess. Mm. So and it was about her teaching. Uh-huh. Um, My kids don't want to learn anything. So well, um, I <laughs> if I love something, I want everybody to love it. I have to like introduce everybody to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and different people have picked up different things from me. Um, with Lana, um, Supernatural, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, with my niece Rachel, it was uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Voyager. Um, Voy- Lana, it was Voyager. Um, Buffy. Turn your mic, uh, kiddo. Oops, hold on, it's my fault. I don't even know if it's on. There, okay. uh, now it is. Try now. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, there, there she, she is. is. Um, but yeah, I, like I've gotten her into Buffy. I've gotten her into Xena. Uh huh. Um, oh, Xena. I like Xena. I I absolutely destroyed Chris with Firefly because he would not watch it, would not watch it, would not watch it because he heard it was great and knew it was only one season, and then yeah. I made him watch it, and he's like, "Damn you." You did the same um, with me. Yep, and and also Buffy with him. I've watched Buffy all the way through three full times. Mm-hmm. Once by myself, once with Chris, once with Monk. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. So if I love something, I want everybody to love books. Leverage. M- leverage. Oh, leverage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 four of us are like, oh, so when are we going back and rewatching Leverage? Yeah, really. <laughs> I don't Parker. have enough time. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Kane. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Aldous Hodge. Yeah, okay. He is such a cutie. <laughs> he is. The, the, the whole team is a lot of fun. Yeah. I've always, and I always had a thing for Timothy Hutton. Well, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. So, it, yes. If you're, if you're a friend of mine, chances are I have told you to watch or read or something. listen to something. So. There you go. And then with me, it's obvious because my co-host, my co-host wouldn't be a geek if it wasn't for me sometimes, I think. (laughs) She resisted the Doctor Who fandom. I did for years. How can you resist? I have no idea how how she could, but she did. And I got her into it and I kept pushing. I'm like, you got to watch, you got to watch, you got to watch it. I don't, what was the first, did you start from the beginning? I started with nine. You started with Rose? So you started with the new stuff. The new stuff. And which is what I always recommend to new folks. Well, yeah, yeah, because. You watch, you start with oh, the old stuff, and I, you're like, what is I, this? It's right. so and campy. I, and I truly had watched a couple episodes Tom of, Baker. of <laughs> old stuff. I don't even know if it was Tom Baker or whatever, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? I'm out. I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. I can't do this. But then I'm we like, got her in with Christopher Eccleston, and that was that. The cheese factor was just, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Did and you yeah. hear BBC oh, America is playing every everyone from I, nine forward just before they premiered the new series. I, I wanted to I, I'm so I wanted DVRing. To, I yeah. wanted to ask about that. Uh-huh. Um because I I saw through Matt Smith. I haven't watched but we want to rewatch the whole thing. Will my DVR fit the entire series? <laughs> no. no. Probably no. not. You're going to have to no. watch certain Just go on Amazon. <laughs> I I liked when Netflix had it because yeah. they had everything yeah, in absolute easier. right order yeah, including the Christmas episodes. Yeah. I'm going to start actually ordering the DVD boxes because I just I so need that for myself. Amazon got frustrating, and that's why yeah. I stopped watching. We're yeah. gonna have a, a, a marathon of stuff at Chris's house. Oh yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Absolutely. Oh, I have a new obsession that I think everyone needs to watch. <laughs> Can you finish Chris's first? <laughs> no, it's already. We're Are you already yeah, yeah, I got you into Doctor Who. Oh that, my god. That's it, like a, uh, that's the victory and for me. I started in over February break so many years ago, mm-hmm. and I think by April, I had caught up to where it was mm-hmm. it was only like a year or two ago wasn't it yeah it, it was yeah, how it was recently it was like yeah. a couple years ago that and, and now she has doctor who t-shirts she has the doctor <laughs> who hoodies she's got the the pop i finally got my, my police figures. box uh hoodie yeah. did you see what i put on the back of my mini it's a tardis and it says it's bigger on the inside nice that's <laughs> on the bumper of my mini uh, nice yeah nice i approve yes. you. <laughs> you also have a tardis on the back of your shoulder i do i have a lovely tardis on the back of my shoulder my my little sister over here, she's like she's so into it. She's got ink. I do. She's yeah. got more ink than you do. Well, a lot of I've people got, have more ink I've than got I do. More so ink do I. than a lot of people. I've got more ink than he does. <laughs> uh, do I? No. You no. have the same amount of ink. We we're okay. tied for, we're tied at one. It's you a and matter me, of the size of the ink. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. I've got nine and I'm getting another one in a couple of weeks actually. Yeah. I want another one. Yeah. Me too. I'm my getting, mom will kill me. My next tattoo is going to be the quote, not all who wander are lost. There you go. In Elvish. Sexy. I have that quote on the back of a Knox t-shirt. Nice. 
Okay. Anyway, okay, so, so that's so that. Just one last, okay. one last thing. One okay, last you're thing. of their obsession. Um, it, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. What? It's, a, um, it's an Amazon original, uh-huh. and it's about a young Jewish, very well-off woman you know, whose husband leaves her. Mm-hmm. And she kind of accidentally becomes a stand-up comedian. That looks funny. It's oh, amazing. I mean, and to tell you when what the time period is, uh, right. one of the characters is Lenny Bruce. Okay. And so that's the type Lenny of comedy. This is not. This is not appropriate for children. It's very profane. It's insanely funny, and I am enjoying it so much. We, my mother and I, binge watched it, and we can't wait for season. It's two. set in the fifties. Yep. That's right. I, I think I saw a part for you guys watching it where she got the record. Yep. Yep. So it's yeah, got I've a lot of great old comedy, and it's really got some really great, really great people in it. So enjoying it. I have Check lots it out. Of other Check things. it out. Very nice. So there you have it. And that is Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you in the Minicon, October 27th and 28th of 2018 at the Grease Ridge Center Mall. We love you. We miss you. Come follow us on Facebook. Come follow us on Patreon. Come follow us on Twitter. Come follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. See you guys soon. We miss you. We love you. And we'll talk to you all later. 